0: How to be a successful YouTuber. Mr. Reagan. Buy a kitten. I'm kidding, although that could potentially be useful. Step one production. All right, now a lot of people have asked me about my setup. That seems to be the one thing that people ask me all the time about how do I become a YouTuber? What's your setup? What camera do you use? What microphone do you use? Etc. And the setup that I have now is actually relatively expensive. So I wouldn't recommend that for a beginning uh, YouTuber, but let's just get that out of the way. My main camera is a Sony A7 III. I have on here a Zeiss CP2 35mm super speed lens, which I got on sale. My second camera here is a Sony A6500. The lens is a Sigma, it's a zoom lens, so it's an 18mm to 35mm Uh, But I actually change that lens out from time to time. I found that I like this one the best, so I've been sticking to it, but I tend to change it out. The great thing about Sony cameras is they're mirrorless, so you can actually put any lens you want on them from history. Uh, I have these old Russian lenses, they're quite fun, and I have a bunch of different lights. These are all LED lights. You can get LED lights relatively cheaply uh, from Amazon, so I'm not going to go into that. This here is a Rode ProCaster microphone. I like this microphone, but I am getting a different one. I'm getting a new microphone soon. Um, I forget the name of it, but I'll talk to you guys about it when I get it. I like this microphone, but uh, it takes two amps, actually, to work correctly. It, it takes a normal amp, and then it takes something called a cloud lifter. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but uh, I did eventually get it to work, and it works pretty nice. But I, I am going to get that other mic. I think the other mic's going to be a lot better. I also have a couple of very expensive tripods, and then I have something called a slider. The slider is from a company called Great Video Maker, which is probably the worst name of a company I've ever heard, but the slider's great, and it's relatively inexpensive, so if you want a slider like mine, it's it's an electronic thing. It just slides back and forth pretty much constantly until I stop it. Uh, It's a beautiful machine, and I love it. But none of that's all that important, because you need to know what cheap equipment you can get today and start your YouTube channel. Edward Snowden recently appeared on the Joe Rogan Show and exposed the frightening truth about how much data the government is really collecting on you and everybody else just by the use of your iPhone and Android phones. You think your phone is secured? Think again. Your phone calls, location, contact list, Wi-Fi usage, who you hang out with, not to mention all the apps that are open on your phone, Instagram, Facebook, Uber, as well as the data that they're collecting and storing. This is all being stored in a database to potentially use against you if you ever become targeted. The interview on Rogan was eye-opening and downright scary. It's something that every American should be paying serious attention to. One of the best things that you can do to help protect your personal phone and internet data is to sign up for a free 30 day trial at Virtual Shield VPN Mobile and download the desktop app. I actually do use this. I really do use this. This will allow you to create a secure connection to another network over the internet. Virtual Shield can be used to shield your browsing activity from prying eyes, whether on a public Wi Fi connection, foreign country, or just at home. Here, let me show you how easy this is. I'm going to go to virtualshield.com, or you can go to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and download the Virtual Shield free 30 day trial, install it, and click connect. Once I'm connected, my IP address is now different than before. Virtual Shield is offering a Black Friday month-long special of 40% off all VPN plans and all premium add-ons, including Protection Plus, Residential Access, and VIP performance plans for as low as the price of a cup of coffee. Sign up for a free 30-day trial to Virtual Shield VPN and see what the hype is about. You have nothing to lose. Let me first show you the microphone. So, this was my first microphone. I actually got this before I started doing YouTube videos. This is basically the, the cheap microphone that every actor gets, every, every struggling actor gets out in Hollywood uh, if you want to audition for voiceover parts. Um, so, yeah, so tons of people have this. You'll see a ton of YouTube channels where they're speaking into this. This is called a Blue Yeti. And you can get this on uh, Amazon for like a little over 100 bucks like 120, 130, um, maybe 140, depending on you know, what the sales are like at the time. You can get them in all kinds of different colors. Why did I get the light gray? I don't know. That's just probably was the cheapest at the time, and I was broke. Um, <laughs> that's an excellent mic. I actually just got my friend Lana in Sweden. Uh, check out her YouTube channel. Her name's Lana Blakely. She's got an excellent channel. It's not a political channel, but it's, it's, it's nice. Uh, she actually just uh, put out a video that got over a million hits, sort of about dealing with life whilst being an introvert. I'm not shy. I just don't find much interest in this particular small talky conversation, hence, don't feel the urge to add something of no real value to it. I mean, we've already established that the weather sucks today. And I nodded. So I guess you could say I was part of the conversation. It's an excellent little film, and everybody should just go check that out. Anyway, I was talking to her about what mics to get, and I just recommended this. She just bought one. I think she's quite happy with it. I haven't talked to her about it since, but uh, but yeah, she just bought one of these. So I'll Actually, I'll, I'll call her today, and I'll ask her what she thinks about that. All right, now let's get to the camera. So this is my first ever camera, this little tiny thing. Look at this. Uh, beautiful flip screen. That's actually really handy, because you can set yourself up, you don't have to have anybody else in the room, and in fact, I still do that, except for I have to run around behind it, because no flip screen anymore, but uh, yeah, great little camera, Uh, very, very simple, I recommend taking these off, uh, actually, because they kind of dangle and they make noise, but this camera is called the A5100, now why do I love this camera, why is this such a good camera, because it's super cheap, it's It only shoots in 1080, so you can't shoot in 4K, but that's okay. You don't need to shoot in 4K. People think, you know, you need the best, you need the biggest. No, no, no. You just need to look good. The reason why I love this is because it has an incredibly uh, broad dynamic range, right? You need a a camera with good dynamic range um, in order to film in a lot of different environments and not have... Um, The lights blown out or the darks crushed and what that basically means is that when you're shooting you want to be able to be in front of a window like me and you want to be able to see me and you want to be able to see the outside at the same time. That's very, very hard to do. Um, Now this camera actually couldn't probably get this shot right here all that well. Um, uh, but this camera can, and that's that's one of the reasons I, I had to upgrade is because I needed a camera with even more dynamic range than this one. But this will do most things. If you're not shooting in front of a super bright window in Los Angeles, you should be fine in most circumstances with this camera. it's It's an amazing little camera. So this camera is three hundred dollars, okay? Uh, I think right now it's like $350 uh, or something like that without a lens. You can get it with the lens and it gets up to a, a little like around four fifty or something like that. Um, the lens that comes with the camera is actually a very, very good lens. I, I, I think that you're, you know, you're good getting this with the lens that comes with it. Uh, however, <laughs> what was the lens that I was shooting with this? The lens I was shooting with this is this lens. This lens is a lens made by a company called Fujian in China. It's a CCTV lens for like a security camera or something like that. Absolute garbage. Just trash lens. 25 bucks. I got it for. Um, I think I got it with the with the adapter included, right? So this is the adapter that goes onto the camera. You just screw it on like that. And then you put it into your camera. You can see how kind of like this is not like a precision instrument, right? This look at this little piece of plastic garbage that's the lens cap. I mean, it's just total trash lens. But here's the thing. This is my favorite lens, okay? Honestly, I have beautiful old Russian lenses. The the lens that I have on this camera is insanely expensive. This is my favorite. Why is this my favorite? Because this shoots some beautiful things. Here's some of the first things I ever shot when I got this camera and this lens. So, as you can see, I mean, it just has a a feel to it that is artistic and beautiful and charming. It's not the most uh, clean lens, it's not the most, uh, like, what they would call tack sharp, Uh, but it it leaves a very beautiful image. So, most of my early videos were shot with this lens, no joke, Uh, and it worked fine, it worked great. Uh, but as I my channel got bigger and I had a little bit more money I could spend on lenses and cameras, I got better cameras, I got better lenses, so I could look a little bit more professional for you guys. One thing that's really annoying about this lens is that it doesn't have an autofocus, it doesn't have... You can't change the aperture uh, electronically, it's all, it's all manual, right? The whole thing's manual, so you have to adjust things like this, like the old-fashioned style. And I don't really mind that, actually, I think that's quite cool. Um, the only problem is that if you're shooting yourself with this, like if you put this on a tripod or something, and you're shooting yourself, and you move a little bit at one way or another a little bit too much, then you'll end, up, uh, you'll end up going out of focus. And also, it's a little bit tough to get focus at first, but um, once you get the hang of it, not a big deal. So at one point, I realized I'm sick and tired of trying to adjust the focus. Let me get a little bit uh, more expensive lens that will do that for me, but it'll still have a nice... A beautiful look, and so I got this. This is the what is this? This is the Sigma thirty millimeter one point four uh, aperture. What is that? F stop, f one uh, point four. It's a very nice lens. It's a beautiful lens. It looks great. Uh, the images coming from this look fantastic. And it's, it's super smooth, it's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I highly recommend, I think this is like a $300 lens or something. It's very, very reasonable, and it's just a really, a fantastic lens. This is a great alternative to the lens that comes with it, the stock lens. The stock lens is a zoom lens that comes with this camera. I, I don't really like it. It's very, it's fine. It's very crisp and clean and clear. It looks kind of like the images you'll get with an iPhone in, in terms of uh, just the look of the image. This has a really beautiful bokeh, and what that means is if you get a shallow depth of field, like, um, because it's got a good, uh, it's got a, it's it's an f1.4, so you can open the aperture really wide and get the background really blurry. You see how the background's kind of blurry here? Um, This lens does uh, a pretty dang good job of that, maybe even better than this lens that I have on right now, even though this this lens I have on right now is more expensive. All right, I think that's all we have to talk about with regard to production, so let's, what do we got next here? Ah, yes. Number two, content. All right, content is an interesting subject to broach. Uh, what do you make videos about? Um, now, I would love everybody watching this who's interested in doing a YouTube channel to do videos about Conservative politics, right? <laughs> uh, but, but that's not going to work for everybody. But look, I'm not, I'm not dissuading you from doing it. You could potentially try to do politics, and you might be successful at it. But that's not going to necessarily be the best type of content for you. Now, what's the best kind of content for you? Here's how I figured out how to do my channel, how to do the kind of videos that I make. I was watching a lot of Ben Shapiro. I was watching Stephen Crowder. I was watching. Pretty much every Jordan Peterson interview and debate that I could find. Um, I was watching a lot of political content on YouTube. And one Sunday, I realized that I was kind of out of content. I had watched pretty much everything, every new video that had come out by all my favorite YouTubers. Um, This was about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And I thought, man, you know what, there, there needs to be more content because I, I still have an appetite for more conservative political content. And there, there just isn't enough stuff out there. Now there's, there's quite a lot more. The number of YouTubers that that came along about the same time I did was significant. So I don't think that the market is quite flooded now. I do think that there is still space for new people, but there is significantly more YouTubers doing this kind of content than there was when I started. But that's the thing. I think that if you're watching content that you love and you just can't find enough of it. It just doesn't there's just not enough of it on YouTube. Well, then you can fill that gap, right? And one of the things that I thought about when I was planning to do my channel was it wasn't just that I didn't think there was enough content. I thought that the people that were doing this stuff, they weren't covering everything exactly how I would do it. And I, and I used to think like they should, they should say this, they should say that, they should say something else. I felt like not everything was being said. I had different ideas than they did and that unique perspective wasn't being expressed In in the media anywhere, not on YouTube, not on Fox News, not in the mainstream media, obviously, nowhere. And so I thought, well, because I have so many unique ideas about politics, I'm actually the perfect guy to fill that niche, right? To fill that uh, demand that's not being satisfied in the market. And that's what it's all about. It's, It's supply and demand. It's seeing a demand in the market and a lack of supply for that demand and then filling that supply. I'll give you another example. There is a channel called Vsauce that I watch, right? Vsauce is all about science, different interesting things about the world and nature and the universe and just big questions about life. And, and this guy, Michael, he's, he's always trying to research these topics and then talk about them in an interesting way. Um, And the content is so interesting, so cool. And there's a bunch of different channels that do that kind of thing. But I always thought Vsauce was the best at it. Well, the guy became so successful. Vsauce became such a successful channel that YouTube actually gave this guy his own show, like a a real show on YouTube Premium. Now, because he started putting so much time and energy into this show, and, you know, there's money being put into it, there's a lot more responsibility... He was putting out far less content than he used to with the regular Vsauce show. So as soon as he transitioned from doing his regular Vsauce show to doing his big YouTube premium show, his content kind of disappeared. I mean, he had obviously had his premium content, but he didn't really have his sort of usual content. And so this vacuum appeared in the market. Now, I think other people tried to fill that, but nobody really did. And so I do think that there is room in the market currently on YouTube for, like, a science-based show where people are talking about interesting things like that. I would love to do something like that, but I've already got my show. I'm perfectly happy with my show. It's a relatively successful show. I'd like to grow it, obviously. But that's an example of a show that I watch that I feel like there isn't enough content like that that I, I could then make a show like that. If I if I weren't doing my show now, I could make a show like that and I could be fairly confident that it would start to attract viewers, people who used to watch Vsauce but no longer have access to that because that's disappeared, more or less. So just keep an eye on the types of content that you like to watch, right? Because there's probably like four or five or maybe ten different kinds of shows that you like to watch on YouTube. And try to figure out the, the genre or the type of content in which there is the least amount of supply, right, that you feel excited about when it comes on because there's just not enough of it. And maybe try to produce stuff like that because if you th- if you want more of it, there's probably lots of people who want more of it. So that's my primary advice when it comes to creating content. Create something that you see a lack of supply for but a, the, but that there's a heavy demand for that you, at least personally, have a huge demand for, that you want to see. Make the stuff that you want to see. Now, along with that comes the obvious advice, make good content. Um, But that's kind of a silly thing to say because obviously you should make as good a content as you can. But this is a little trickier than you might think because you have to balance a couple of things. On the one hand, you want your project to be the highest quality possible. And on the other hand, you want to get out a lot of content right? The more content you make, the faster your channel is going to grow. Ideally, you would do something like five or six videos a week, but that's not always possible. So I would strive for something like two or three videos a week, at least at first, and just try to make the content really good. Now, you may not know how to edit, so you're going to have to learn how to do that. There's plenty of tutorials online. It's not particularly difficult. If you want some free editing software, I, I would recommend DaVinci Resolve. Now, you're going to have to have a pretty good computer to be able to edit all this content. But it shouldn't be that difficult. You don't have to have, like, the best computer in the world. You just have to have one that will run relatively smoothly when you're editing videos in 1080p which I do suggest recording in 1080p. You don't have to record in 4K. Number three, Charisma. All right, now this one is a bit difficult because I think a lot of people worry about this. Like, are people going to like me? And the truth is, maybe not. Uh, That's a horrible uh, reality. I mean, most of the time people just say, you know, Live out your dreams. You can do whatever you want, but it's actually not true. I think being a successful YouTuber or being a successful TV personality um, really is dependent upon how much charisma you have, and and I don't think that's nece- necessarily something that you're born with. But I think it's something that's a combination of you know an innate quality, something you're born with, um, and just your experiences over the years. Who are your parents? You know, who who are the people that shaped you in your life? Uh, Some people are just not very charismatic. I mean, could you imagine... Is his name Mark Zuckerberg? It's Mark Zuckerberg, right? All right. I don't know if Mark Zuckerberg would be a particularly good host of a YouTube channel. Earlier this year, I started building a simple AI to help run our home. It's time for my call with Shrep. Can you get him on the video conference line? Setting up the VC room now. Remember to check on the AI guidance system for Akila. I'm here with my friend Pete Buttigieg, who's the mayor here. And we're just driving around here. And I figured that this would be a pretty fun time to, to go live. Um, I mean, maybe he would, just because he's kind of like data from Star Trek The Next Generation. I mean, he's so robotic that maybe that alone is fascinating enough where he would get viewers. But there, but like that's not really the kind of personality that you would expect to see on a YouTube channel. Um, and you might say, well, uh, Chris, even though you're a bit fat, you're relatively good looking. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and you have a sort of natural charm about you. But the thing is, right, okay, and... Okay, I'm not. I'm not comparing myself to Cary Grant, but there's the sort of he, he's the example that I use as the kind of leading man charisma, right? So there's the there's the Cary Grant charisma, uh, but then there's also the Steve Buscemi charisma, right? Steve Buscemi is not anything like Cary Grant. You don't expect Steve Buscemi to be the leading man in you know a great romantic film or uh, you know to be the action hero in a great adventure film. But he is incredibly watchable. He's, he's difficult not to enjoy when he's on in a movie or a television show. So just because you're not Cary Grant, that doesn't mean you can't be eminently watchable. Now, it's hard to talk about this stuff without sounding super arrogant, like uh, <laughs> the reason that I have a successful YouTube channel is because I'm so good-looking and cool. Uh, but that's not really what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, you just have to speak in such a way that it's at least reasonably captivating to the audience. Now, I see tons of channels in which I when which the uh, in which I'm thinking like this host is terrible, right? He has no charisma, he's awful. And yet the channel is incredibly successful. Well, the reason for that, I think, typically is that they usually have really good production value and the content is usually incredibly fascinating. So you can kind of get away with not being the most charismatic presenter if your content is really, really good and your production quality is solid. So you really just kind of need two out of three (laughs) of the things to be, you know, a successful YouTuber. However, three out of the three things is i mean you're just gold you're just you're going to be successful now what what if you're worried about not being charismatic on film now this is probably the biggest concern the number one concern that i hear from people who want to do a youtube channel and this is what i would uh, tell you to do you can take an improv class that's actually probably the best thing but second to that is just Try to speak confidently. If you're confident in your knowledge, right, if you know that what you're saying is either accurate or you believe very strongly in what you're talking about, you're going to be okay, all right? You're, you're going to be fine. You just have to express yourself with as much confidence as you actually have about what you're saying. And if you're a little bit unsure about something, state very confidently I am unsure about this, right? That's that's what I do, right? That's how I get around being unsure about some things. I'll say, now, I'm not sure about this. I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm on the fence, or I haven't I haven't read up on this, right? But I very affirmatively state the things I don't know about. And that way, you can be confident about not being confident. <laughs> so you maintain your confidence level throughout, from the beginning to the end. No matter what you're talking about, you speak with confidence. And that is incredibly compelling. That And, you know, if you're super confident about everything, you're like, 85% there. Now the truth is, charisma is subjective. So some people are going to hate you. There's tons of people who hate me. <laughs> okay, um, but the people who like you, they're going to watch you, and they're going to stick with you, and they're going to subscribe to your channel. Now the last thing I would say about this is the the same kind of advice that you get from pretty much every other. Uh, you know, how do I make a successful YouTube channel? You know, you type that in to Google, you're going to get a million hits, and they're all going to say this, and that is have really good thumbnails, and have really good titles, right, clickbaity titles, and you might say, well, I don't want to do clickbaity titles, okay, well, here's the thing about clickbait, clickbait is just a title and a thumbnail that that make people, like, they, they feel like they have to click, right, oh, I have to click this, the problem with clickbait is that a lot of these companies started doing titles and thumbnails, that didn't really represent what the video was. They would do a video, and they'd realize, well, this is not really going to be that exciting to, to do a title about it. We think it's a good video, but, you know, it's not going to attract people if we just be honest with the title and the thumbnail. So they'd make these <laughs> these, these thumbnails and these titles that were almost irrelevant to, to the video. And then people would start to think, oh, clickbait, Right. And so clickbait kind of got a bad name for that. But I think that if you're able to create a kind of a clickbaity title that actually does in some way represent what you're doing, it doesn't have to be, you know, super precise. But the reality is, if you are at least remotely honest about your title and your, your thumbnail, I don't really have a problem with you kind of hyping it up or making it exciting. Now, the, the tricky thing is when people see clickbait, they're very skeptical. And when I were, was putting out my early videos, i try to put out as clickbaity titles and, and thumbnails as I could. And I used to have a lot of comments that were like, okay, I saw this clickbait title, I didn't want to click on it, I clicked on it, I am so glad I did. <laughs> They're like, this is the first video with a super clickbaity title that I've clicked on, and I thought, wow, the content actually matches the title. So... You know, you want to be able to live up to the hype that you've created with your thumbnail and your title. Make awesome clickbaity thumbnails and titles, but also make awesome content so that people aren't disappointed, right, when, when they click on it. Make the content worth the click, you know. Live up to the hype that you've created with that title and with that thumbnail. All right, so that's, I think that's all the advice I have about making YouTube videos and becoming a successful YouTuber. So whatever you're interested in, whether it be politics or movies or philosophy or math or whatever it is that you find fascinating in the world that you don't think there's enough content out there on YouTube figure out what your niche is, satisfy that demand in the market, and go ahead and be a successful YouTuber. Now before I go, I wanna remind everybody to donate to my GoFundMe for my cartoon show, AOC and The Squad. Uh, We have 10 short episodes planned. I believe that there's a serious lack of conservative entertainment out there today, and I think this cartoon will help fill that gap and maybe draw some people to the right. I think entertainment is a very powerful medium, and I wanna supply some conservative perspective in that realm. We are so sorry. She bawled. So, please hit the link in the description and donate to that. Alright, well that's it for me, and remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant, it's just that they know so much that isn't so. (laughs) Good night. Mr. President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you blame the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. <laughs> you know, someone very profoundly once said, many years ago, that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism.